Abundant. <laughs> we are abundant. Why did we stop this year? Do you even know? Uh, I think that it was 2020. I think we had 2020. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that we was a planned stop. I think that going into the year, we didn't exactly have a plan for the podcast. We, we kind of struggled to record episodes last year. Um, we didn't exactly have a system or a rhythm. And I think that 2020 really exposed that. I'm pretty sure there's still an unheard episode yeah. in your computer somewhere. Yeah, it's called The Voice of Fear. Wow. I haven't put that one That's, out. That one sounds really good. Yeah, I'll put it out. <laughs> the Voice of Fear? The Voice it's of a, Fear. It's a really good episode. I'll put it out. Awesome. So what do we want to talk about today? I think just recap all that 2020 has in all of its glories, its ups, downs, sideways turns. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, so how was your year? (laughs) Uh, I mean, looking at it right now, I think it was perfect, exactly how it should have been. How was your year? Yes. Um, I mean, I would say the same, which, but we're, we, we've kind of trained ourselves to have that perspective, but Diving into the actual year itself. What was your year like? I mean, I would have to say probably with everyone who's listening, there was more uncertainty that I faced than ever before in life. And I realized that I don't do well with uncertainty. And then I realized that well, if I want certainty, then I must create it within myself because external validation or external crap will always be there. And the only thing that's constant is your internal state. So how, what, what was it the uncertainty with like the virus and, or just, yeah. So, well, so this year, December 2020, I was supposed to graduate FNP school. Um, I started out the year with my first family nurse practitioner class, so it was FNP1 class. And I thought once I got through the last couple semesters prior to that, that I was in the clear. And I started this FNP1 class, and it was hard. It really challenged me. It kicked my butt, and I'm not necessarily sure that I did everything in my power to show up. Mm. And amongst that chaos came the virus. Mm. I was loving clinicals, loving every aspect of clinicals. 
But then clinicals got shut down. So then came the uncertainty of, oh my gosh, like, do I have to repeat this semester? Do I have to repeat clinicals? Am I going to graduate in December? What's going to happen in the summer? Because in the summer was supposed to be FNP2. With all of that uncertainty, I lost, I mean, I was just stressed. I don't know if you remember, but I was in a constant, like, just stress ball. Yeah. And I ended up failing the class by 1%. My test average has to be an 80. A 79.9 is failing. And I got a 79 test average in that class. And I failed. And I remember literally, I'm pretty sure I had a binge drink a bottle of champagne and watch like a sad Indian movie night because Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to do with myself. Not because I'm not used to failing, but just because I feel like I created that for myself. Mm. Like I knew better and I didn't do better. And I stayed in a state of anxiety, and that didn't serve me. But that's being really hard on myself, and I think 2020 has taught me to just not be hard on myself because it's okay. And thankfully, I did not have to repeat clinicals, because normally if I would have failed, if it wasn't for COVID and I failed, I would have had to redo clinicals. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my strong suit, so I wasn't mad about that. And then the second go-around, I got an A in the class. And I feel so much stronger for it that I know the, the information because I went through it a second time. So, silver lining. But the uncertainty was insane. Insane. I remember that. I remember... Were we in Indiana when you found out? Because I know we had... Yes. We were we were in Indiana when you found I out. I literally immediately started crying. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, terrible. Really interesting, though. Now, I'm so happy you brought that up because... So, my now mentor, Anushri, she's been a family friend for a while, and her mom was actually over at oh, our house. Oh, that's right. That's right. For lunch or just She over. was just over, yeah. Um, and Anushri's... Dad just recently passed away a few months or so ago um, from cancer. And when her mom was over, that's when I found out and I started bawling. And she said something that completely just changed my perspective. And she's like, well, I mean, it's just cool. Like, at least you have your health. Yeah. And uh, Anushri's dad, Sanjay Uncle, was struggling. And he did not have that. And that really just... That helped me get out of that immediately because mm-hmm. it was like, oh my god, like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's just school. Yeah, I didn't, you know, like it's all fine. It's not the end of the world. It's not. Yeah, that's no. I remember that too, and that's like when she said that, I was like, wow, yeah, you're right. Like, it's you're right. It's not the end of the world. Like, it, things could be worse, but a different stance is you're still so blessed. Yeah. But it was so hard, I think, for you to hold that perspective. I think it'd be hard for anybody to hold that perspective, like, even outside of that moment, because you're so beat, kind of, by that, the fact that, just the situation. And I think that it's, it brought up a lot of uncertainty for you, too, because you were like, okay, when, now, for sure, like, when am I going to graduate? Like, what's going to happen now? And, yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so... Tell me about... So that happened, let's say that was through May. 
of this year. Mm-hmm. Tell me what your beginning of the year was like. My beginning of the year was strong. Um, I think that it... No, I, the beginning of my year was strong. You have other perspectives or opinions or whatever. But when COVID hit, I put Reincarnated together. Mm-hmm. I recorded Reincarnated and then I launched the course. I saw I saw this, where we're at, I saw this coming. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, people, like mental health is going to be big. People yeah. are going to need to have a, a grasp on their mindset. But more than that, people are going to need to know how to behave within the home. Like the biggest, one of the biggest transitions for me was w- working in my home. Like, and that's not an easy transition to make. You throw in a, a global pandemic into that. And then the fact that people are afraid and the number one fear is of death, right? Like you throw all these different things into the, into the pot. People can't hang out with their friends, their family. I knew I saw this coming. And we moved into a one bedroom. Yeah, we moved into a one bedroom, right? And but I was like, I mean, just imagine people. All these basically it was like a perfect storm that I saw kind of coming, and I was like, I, I need to do something, so I launched reincarnated, and then um, there was two or three, yeah, three radio interviews, um, and so it looked like we were moving. Like I was, I was, I, I felt good because I was able to show up and serve. Yeah. Right. Um, that's how my year started. Didn't, that's awesome. Didn't stay that way. Yeah. Um, but that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So dig a little deeper for us and tell us what what kind of happened to make it not stay that way. I think that when the quarantining started, um, I pride myself on my resilience a lot. So I don't think it affected me. The quarantine initially, like even. I don't think it was until... I don't think the quarantine affected us at all. No. We were loving it. Yeah, yeah. but I, well, I mean like just the fact that there was so much uncertainty. Yeah. I don't think the uncertainty phased me. Like the uncertainty being introduced is what kind of propelled me to launch Reincarnated. That was in April. Um, and then the radio interviews and stuff were in May and June. Um, so I... Yeah, May and June and maybe... The last one might have been in like July or early August, but I think I ended. I ended up. It just delayed the hit, like all the uncertainty, all the change. It. I was already accustomed to it, so then different changes started to come about, and I, I started getting hit. I think it was almost like there was less punches, but they were harder. Is what it felt like to me, and then they showed up. Like, the longer you kind of pull a slingshot back, the further back you pull it, the harder it kind of hits you. That's what ended up happening to me towards the second half of the year. And I think maybe it's, I think it started, you know, our trip to Indiana, like after everything happened with your school and stuff, there was a a whole big blowout type thing with us, right? That was then, that same trip. And then that led to me kind of, having to reevaluate a lot and then I ended up getting a job uh doing door to door that took a big toll on me cuz that was like a 12 hour commitment a day like I didn't have time to deal with the client you know like anybody that we were 
that's where my heart was, like getting on calls and helping coach people and stuff. I wasn't able to do that, um, or it was very difficult to do that. It had no creative time for me. I think it started to take a toll on my, like, health. And then um, it just kind of cascaded from there. What happened before we went to Indiana and before door-to-door sales that you didn't know really affected you until you figured out that it affected you? Oh, um, so I don't know exactly when this was. I thought I thought this was after we got back from Indiana, but I guess it was probably before then. Um, I don't know when, but one of my mentors, good friend of mine, right, um, and him and I have cleared, you know, we've had conversations, we're great now, um, but we kind of had a falling out, and I don't want to really get into all the details and stuff like that, but uh, we had a little falling out, and it it really felt like there was kind of an attack on my character, right, and it was a lot uh, kind of associating with um, MVM and around kind of this line of work, and it really took a toll on me in a way that I didn't even really recognize and it made me every year I pick a word right and the year I I don't do it for by the years I do it by the age that I am right so I was 29 years old in 2020 so for the uh, essentially for 2020 the word was leadership right 2018 was execution and then there was consistency in 2019 2020 was leadership the irony is my whole year of 2020 was me questioning my capacity to lead. Um, it was a big, big, big question mark around that. Me wondering whether I was fit to lead, whether I was effective as a leader, whether I deserved to lead, um, all kinds of things. And I think that that was bound to happen. And I think that the first, that whole kind of like falling out, um, that was kind of like the first domino so to speak, that started the whole chain of events. And that really made me question myself a lot as a leader because it's, I mean, when you're in a position where you're being led by somebody and then they turn around and, and, you know, they're human too. And this is where, like, you can't put anybody on on a pedestal. You can't put anybody in a position that they're unable to make a mistake. You have to give, grant people the freedom to make a mistake because if they if you don't, you're not only hurting them, but you're hurting yourself. Like you can't put anybody on a on a pedestal. Like anybody. Like we talk about Tony Robbins all the time. Like if Tony Robbins made some, made a mistake, it would shatter so many people because people view him like as if he's a god. Mm-hmm. You can't do that because you you steal his freedom to be a human being. He's still a human. And if he makes a mistake, people, we live in cancel, cancel culture today. And I think that for a while too, like after the whole thing with, you know, what happened with my friend or mentor, right? Like it was kind of like, it was out of sight, out of mind. Like I was just not happy with that, right? But it after a while, I was like, what, he, I mean, he's a human being, like, it's okay. Right? Like, I'm glad it happened to me. I'm glad it was me that was involved in that. And, you know, I told him that too when we talked. I'm like, I'm grateful, actually, 
Like, I learned a lot about myself when that happened. And that was my form of, that was kind of like my first big taste of a punch mm-hmm. in the year. Dang. It was interesting. That's awesome. I mean, I think that speaks to your resilience a lot because when you say that it's it happened to you in this line of work, right? Like, it was around this line of work that this line of work is where your heart is. This line yeah. of work is where you've put your soul into. And, I mean, it, it might make sense as to why, like, you said you were questioning your capacity to lead. And we haven't put out a podcast this whole year, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Reincarnated was put out, and that's a, it's a beautiful course. Anybody who wants to kind of dig deeper in themselves should definitely check that out. But I think that it plays a role into 2020 and how it kind of transpired when you take a step back and look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was on a on a I was building a lot of momentum. And after reincarnated, you have radio interview after radio interview after radio interview and like I, these weren't like little whatever radio interviews, like they were good and I was able to like live coach people on on the over the air like or not live coach but like people sending questions, I was able to give my perspective on things and like really, really dive into like identity shifting and habit shifting and serve. Mm-hmm. And then something like that happens. It changed my focus. It, it changed my focus. And because of that, there was probably still opportunity there that I overlooked. Or I didn't see it at all because my focus went on to protection mode mm-hmm. of like and questioning myself mode instead of like, let me just, it's not about me. Let me just show up and continue to serve. Let me continue to serve. And that, con- let me just show up and serve is what allowed me to build Reincarnated and launch it. And it's what allowed me to, it's what's allowed us to do anything. Yeah. Right? And so if I'm like being overly self-critical or it's, you know, there's doubt, uh, indecision, and fear. Those are the three, you know, the, the three-headed beast, so to speak. And doubt was there. That doubt introduced me to indecision. And then I, I, I inadvertently became full-fledged, uh, consumed by fear. Right? So you get concrete feet. You don't, you don't move. And so I didn't even learn as much as I normally do this year. Uh, like actively throughout the year, I didn't lead in the way that I, I thought I would. I didn't experience this year in the way that I thought I would. Yeah. It may it it basically shattered my whole concept of what 2020 was going to be from a standpoint of a leader, right? Like I've it's been 3 years that I've been out of corporate and I think coming up on 4 I don't even know what year it is. Oh, I know what year it is, but what year I quit. But it's been a while. So for me to finally be building momentum and this, and then see, like, okay, the whole world is kind of shifting to where the people like me have to step up. Mm-hmm. And then me not take advantage of that, or me not, like, step up into that role. We talked about this the other day, right? Like, it comes with a sense of guilt. Well, and I think a lot... So this is where we get to kind of flip it on its head, right? Like, mm-hmm. we can talk about how 2020, we could have showed up better. Yeah. We could have done more. We could have X, Y, Z. But right. Here's where I come in with the self-love is that 
it needed to play out exactly how it played out because now we're stronger for it. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't show up, we allowed to show ourselves that we're human. We, we showed ourselves that, okay, well, shit, like, shit can happen to all of us. It doesn't matter. Like, we didn't lose our jobs. A lot of people lost their jobs during this. We didn't, like, our business didn't go under. We didn't lose family. We, like- we didn't lose family members. Like, there were so many positives That other people actually dealt with. And they also struggled. So, like, if you kind of take the comparison, like, okay, nothing necessarily happened. Right. And we still struggle. So, I can only imagine the people who shit has happened to who have struggled, right? Like. Yeah. So, I say we, t- like, that's what it's about. That's what I want this podcast to be about is, like, yes, all this stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. And how do we take that into the year of 2021 moving forward because our, I think both of our mission is to serve beyond understanding of what that even means. Right. I do have a question before we get into that because we're not done yet, That we only got to like May or June. Yeah. What happened in June? End of June. Your dad's birthday. Oh, we got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) We got COVID. Um, We got COVID. This, when I did my reflection for 2020, I wrote out all the things that happened. Like, all the massive changes, all the crazy things that happened in our life, like, almost, I mean, I essentially, we almost separated, so to speak, we we were on very rocky terms twice, and we saved our, this year, like, it feels like, and we saved our marriage twice. Um, I got a job, like, I got, not to mention when I got that new job and then I decided to quit I got attacked by that mentor yeah. um, like all kinds of crazy things and then I forgot that we got COVID yeah like that's how much has happened this year like I forgot that we got COVID but we I got did COVID. not forget that we had COVID I did I did and I think I, I was only I'm fortunate that I was able to forget about that because I kind of moved through it um, pretty speedily it was the one day that I thought I was going to die two days, three days, I think I thought I was going to die. Not literally, but like I was in pain. COVID changed my whole life. And then, yeah. Having COVID, COVID changed my whole life. COVID impacted you on a massive scale. So tell me about that. Um, well, before COVID, we were working out consistently, even during quarantine. I don't think we really slowed up on that. And then after getting it, it was like, I lost every ounce of, like, walking would exhaust me. Yeah. Walking, my heart rate would go up. I got put on a beta blocker. Um, It sucked. And I would feel a lot of heart palpitations. I just didn't, again, it was just uncertainty, like, shit, am I really sick? Am I not? Like, I was reading all these things. I was looking at articles, like, obviously, social media, the news didn't help any. Um, I just wasn't sure. And I wasn't sure until I was that I was okay. And I weaned myself off the beta blocker. I refused to just take it anymore because it wasn't helping, and I didn't want to be dependent on a medication to get my heart rate lower. I started off by walking. I remember walking Mm -hmm. in the dog park, Mm -hmm. literally walking four rounds in the dog park, which is probably a mile. Yeah. And that was hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And then from walking, I started running half of it. And that's kind of how I started to build myself back up. And 
in the three months, there was good days and bad days. Some days I felt like, literally, I remember I, f- I felt like a truck would hit me. Mm-hmm. And all I did was wake up. That's insane. And I slept a lot. Like, my, I slept so much. I just, the energy was not there. And it lasted three months. Mm-hmm. It sucked. Um, lost your taste. I lost my taste and smell. I had a whole dopamine detox because mm-hmm. food is my freaking, I love food, loved food so much. And even now, nothing tastes the same. Yeah. The things that I used to enjoy a lot, culinary-wise, are no longer there. Very interesting. It's like, it's, it almost takes, again, I think it's happened because it was supposed to happen, but everything you believe that you, like, everything outside of you that you consider your identity can be taken from you like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a foodie my whole entire life until I wasn't. The last two trips to Indiana, I've, I love my mom's cooking, but I've not enjoyed it to the degree that I used to because nothing tastes the same. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. That makes you kind of like re, it shakes your foundation. Yeah. Right? Like identity. Like you said, it shakes your foundation around that. How do you adjust from that? I mean, I don't know how you adjust from it, but there's nothing you can to me, in my head, it's like there's nothing I can do about it, so you take it for what it is. Like, you just, it, like, I, I'm not going to sit there and, and cry about it, like, oh, I can't taste smell, or everything's different, or whatever, like, no, I, like, I feel healthy now, I feel great, the fact that I can eat is a blessing, and why not use it to nourish me? I had a, I had trouble eating healthy to begin with, mm-hmm. so... Now I don't have that because I can only eat healthy primarily. Yeah. That's the only thing that kind of tastes good. And sometimes not even. Like certain vegetables don't taste as good. But it's like, okay, the vegetable doesn't taste good. Neither does the mac and cheese. So Might as well eat the vegetable. Might as well eat the vegetable, yeah. Yeah. And then now you're working out? I'm back to working out. Like doing In- hard workout? Intense workouts. And I am... Eating good. Pizza is not the same anymore, (laughs) y'all. All the other pizza podcasts you've heard and my love for pizza. Do you literally, if I did a, like a montage. Yes. Just from the 17 or 18 episodes we've done, you've said pizza probably 58 times. 100%. No, pizza, pizza. I think you said it 15 times on one podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So pizza's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. It sucks. It's tragic. It is. But it's okay. I'm alive. And I'm well. Yeah. And it was it was pretty awesome to forget everything I know about myself and kind of start over. I think understanding self-love in the form of doing what's best for you even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's hard, even if it sucks. And that's how you can show up the best for the people that you love. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest les- lesson I could have ever had. Ironically, it's the same lesson that I got uh, from this year. Well, two things. One was uh, the question around what qualifies me to lead and me never having had an answer around that and finally getting to reaching the conclusion, which just happened, but what qualifies me to lead is my desire to serve, like my commitment to serve. That's what qualifies me to lead. Like, I don't need to 
Like I don't. We, we we neither one of us. We don't have degrees on the wall about doing this work. Like I'm not a licensed coach. Like I don't even know what that is. Like I I just help. Right. Like that's enough. Right. Like I don't need to have all kinds of. I don't need to have a multi-billion-dollar business to coach people on their habits. Yep. And that's kind of like along the lines of what my the second mentor, which was ended up being the boss of the the company that I went and worked for. That's a lot of what he was trying to tell me. Like, and he, which I loved the way that he coached and taught, but he's very, uh, like, very blunt, very straightforward. But when last conversation I had with him, he was like, "You're phony. Like you're a phony." And I was like, "I don't think you understand what I'm trying to do," because he was like, "What? How can you, if you don't have a quote unquote successful business, if you're not financially free?" How can you coach people on anything? I'm like, because I'm not coaching them on how to build a business. Yeah. I'm coaching them on how to change their habits. I have proven success there. I'm coaching them on how to shift their relationships. I have proven success there. The amount of times that our relationship has almost up and ended and we've bounced back stronger every time. Mm-hmm. I, I, we can write books on that. Yeah. Like multiple volumes. It's It's scary. <laughs> Yeah, our relationship's very volatile. It's been it's dynamic. Fine. I call. I think it's passionate. Um, <laughs> they say uh, similarities, things in common is what creates trust. Things that are different creates passion. We have a lot of differences. <laughs> a lot of passion. We have a lot of passion. Luckily, we, and it's only bad if we lose sight of the things that we have in common. Yeah. So it's always. That's when we fight. Yeah. So it's always getting back to that center and then having passion off of that foundation. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we're on the same team. But that's what the lesson was. The first one, and then the second one was getting back to my roots in the sense of like doing things that are in my own best interest. I think I fell back into a pattern this year of being a people pleaser, um, which was weird. Uh, started caring more about what you thought, what... You know, our parents thought, whatever. I don't, I don't, it, it was very weird for me. And I got away from what my instincts were, my intuition was. And so it's getting back, and I started to kind of like compromise myself, not doing the things that were in my own best interest, all that. So with you saying that like self-love and taking care of yourself first because you can't show up and take care of anybody was a lot of like what mine my lesson was too. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so COVID happened and that was a really big lesson for both of us. Essentially self-love is everything. Yep. And I don't know where the last three months really went. Uh, what month is it? It's December. This is December. Uh, 30th to be exact. I don't either. Cause I quit my Adderall. Oh yeah. That's what happened. (laughs) That was October. Tell us about Adderall. Holy crap. That has been the First, one... tell us how many milligrams you were taking a day. Okay, so I'm not for just a long? junkie. Yes, you are. I've been prescribed for 10 years 60 milligrams of Adderall a day. So when I say I have ADHD, the H is capital. <laughs> I have ADHD. ADHD. <laughs> like some Indian uncle. Uh... And so 60 milligrams a day Damn. for 10 years. 
Tell me, before you get into, like, quitting it, tell me, now that you're off of it, how much less you're in your own head and how being on it put you in your own head. It's weird. Um, I'm not in my own head at all. Now, I only get into my own, I only get in my own head when I'm wondering how not in my own head I am. (laughs) It's a very, very, very weird game that has shown up. I'm not in my own head on a day-to-day basis. I literally, if I'm like, I haven't been in my own head lately, (laughs) meaning have I been thinking at all or have I just been living? Well, if I've just been living and I've not been thinking, then where am I going? And then I get in my own head thinking about the fact that I have not been in my own head. (laughs) That is the most, the clearest way I can. I think I've called you lifeless like, Seven times in the last three months. I'm like, hello? Is anyone in there? Because I'm just hyper-present. And so if we're not doing anything, I get sleepy. And <laughs> so... I'm, he's an he's a actual baby. I've become a baby. But I'm re, kind, of, kind of rewiring that now. But luckily I have the habits like of waking up and working out and breathing and doing my surgery and I'm just going reading. I, my chair broke. Um, I have a habit of that, or I have those habits, so those never stopped. Um, well, so essentially, like, you doing those things is what allowed you the opportunity to even quit Adderall. Yeah, like, I talked, I spoke with my, I don't know, I didn't even know what her real title is anymore, I call her my cuckoo doctor. <laughs> um, but she was like, you shouldn't have an issue quitting, like, you'll be fine, you can quit cold turkey. And I remember, I remember... At the top of the year, we were in San Diego, and there was two of our friends there that were doctors, and I asked them, I just remembered that. Wow. Do you remember that? Yeah. I asked them both. I said, can I just quit Adderall, cold turkey? And they said, no. And I was like, I'm doing it. (laughs) And they said, what do you do? We just said no. And I was like, well, why are you saying no? And they said, because you you are going to go back to basically being a a useless, lifeless like, up to no good. Like, you'll go completely back. And I'm like, no, I've created certain patterns and habits, which mm-hmm. is, habits are just patterns of how I live my life now. And my cuckoo doctor told me that I'd be fine. And they both were saying no. So, ha. <laughs> um, but, no, that's what, I, I quit cold turkey. And I didn't do it, it was not planned. It was October 7th, the yeah. day after your birthday. It was the day that I talked to my mentor that I just talked about. The day that we um, kind of like reconciled and, you know, that day. And I missed my last pill. Like the time. 20 milligrams would have any of us on our asses. That's what he missed. That's what I missed. Because I was, I I still remember I was sitting on the balcony. It was on the phone. Then I came back in and it was like 3. And I was like, or it was like 3.30. And I was like, shit, if I take it now, then I'll I'll probably have trouble sleeping. Because I had, you had gotten me to start taking it earlier so I can avoid sleep problems. And so I was like, it's okay, I won't take it. And then the next day, I didn't take it. And I didn't tell you until two or three days later. Yeah. Because what happened? But I knew you were acting funny. Yeah, I was, like, actually funny. Like, yeah, you were being a lot more playful. Yeah, a lot more, like, full of life. A lot more loving, a lot more full of life. Just happier. Annoying. Annoying, too. Well, a lot of energy. That's what made me realize that you were probably off of it because you were very, very annoying. Yeah. 
In a fun and, way. But yeah, super playful. <laughs> yeah. That's the word we'll use. Playful. Um, and when I told you, like, oh, but I just felt like it was time. Like, it was after we had another, the second kind of big blowout of the year. Um, I don't want to make these annual things. Um, but no, for we're 2020, done. the it's second done. big blowout. We got remarried yeah, October 12, yeah. 2020, and life has been beautiful ever there since. There you go. So she remarried me off of Adderall. Um, but I, I was just going through a lot of like, we're kind of redirecting myself. Like, I didn't feel like I had been living life responsibly, taking ownership of my life. Uh, I didn't feel like I was an adult. I didn't feel like I was showing up as a man. And a lot of that, like, I was like, okay, what am, I'm, I'm on this medicine to make me more heady. This medicine, I mean, ADHD is a dopamine deficiency. So, like, in layman's terms. So Adderall is going to increase my dopamine norepinephrine, which is going to make me more in my own head. It's going to put me more in my own head. If, it's, if I have to get in my own head to be responsible, like if that is the solution, then how come I'm not responsible? I should be ultra responsible. <laughs> I'm taking 60 milligrams of responsibility pills. How come I'm not acting responsible? 100%. So I was like... That was the question of the century. Yeah, so I was like, this is useless. So there's no point for this. I don't want it. And I felt like it was... It, it, it's a zombie pill. And it puts a cap on how who you are. It puts a cap on... Like, I was unemotional for a very long time. I was disengaged with family, with friends for such a long time. I didn't care. Because it just... I just wasn't present. I was always in my own head. So I was like, screw it. I don't want it. I don't need it. Big awesome. change. Big change. Big change. Big That's change. where the last three I still have the pills went. right here. I'm looking right at them. Yeah, I wanted him to get rid of them, but he wants to keep them for fun. It's a fun memory. They don't, I, they don't hold any... He won't let me p- take any. Yes, I've talked about taking well, that's... I should start counting them. It's illegal. But they don't... I don't, I don't take Adderall. Yeah, they, they don't have any power over me. This is on, like, you do a not, podcast. You do not so take Adderall. I don't take Adderall. So you cannot joke about that. I know. Um, don't get me locked up. Uh... <laughs> But what's weird is there was a transference. Oh, yeah. That happened. And um, I started to, because again, ADHD is a dopamine deficiency. Is it fully just a dopamine deficiency? I feel like Dopamine, norepinephrine. Okay. So those two things. So it's very, it's, it's, ADHD is a. But because you don't have enough dopamine <clears throat> nor epinephrine, you're extra hyper? No, you're unable to focus. You, you just have unchanneled energy. I should know this. Dopamine and norepinephrine. Dope. I can't even talk. Dopamine and norepinephrine trigger focus. Okay. So without, with a, when you have a shortage of those two, you have it's not triggering focus. Unless that's why a lot of people with ADHD play sports, because you're just more interested in different things. But I basically I when I quit the Adderall. I moved to a lot of like dopamine seeking behavior. So I started eating a crap ton of thank sugar. Thank God you don't drink. Yeah, thank God I don't drink. Um, but I started eating a lot of sugar, like a lot of candy. Uh, I basically became a little sugar junkie. I started eating a lot. How much weight did you gain? Uh, I think 20 pounds. 
Yep. That's right. 2020, baby. 2020. Um, yeah, and I, I was still working out. I was just eating like a complete banshee. Yeah. And uh, so if you're trying to visualize this podcast right now, <laughs> um, I'm at 20 pounds heavier than, than you probably think. So add, <laughs> add 20 pounds to your brain of what you imagine me as. More, no less. <laughs> no more, no less. 20 pounds. You still look good. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that's what I look like right now. Going into 2021. But I'm excited because it's it allows me to get more... I think I was... It was time anyways. I had been losing weight consistently for a long time. I fixed my chair. My chair broke again. Um, don't fix it again. I won't fix it again. Um, that's how fat I've gotten. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> the chair's been broke. Quit playing. Okay. couple questions and then I have another question. Okay. Uh, if you could change absolutely anything in 2020, what would it be? Nothing. Very easy. Nothing. Have you seen the butterfly effect? No. Okay. Well, have you heard of the butterfly effect? Mm, maybe from you babbling at some point. Okay. A butterfly, the concept is a butterfly flapping its wings can cause a hurricane. That's the idea of a butterfly effect. Okay. Essentially, the smallest... Action of from the smallest tiny thing can cause a cascading event. Have you seen Back to the Future? No. Have you heard of Back to the Future? Yeah. Okay. If I go back and try to change anything, everything will be messed up. Yeah. And I probably won't be sitting here 20 pounds heavier. I might be 80. <laughs> 80 years old? 80 pounds heavier and single. Yes. And two-toothed. You have you never know. Two-toothed? Timmy. Because, I, of, because of all the sugar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I was close. I mean, Adderall is basically, it's like one or two methyl groups off from meth. <laughs> so I was basically a junkie. I might still be eating Adderall. Methyl groups. What is this? Okay, wow. Yes, so I'm going to ask. pretend that you asked me the same question, and I'm yeah. going to say nothing. So would you change anything? No. 20, no. No. What was the biggest lesson other than, okay, no, how did 2020 make you better? To be honest, I think... I, it slowed me down enough to just know myself. Mm. Like, I know myself pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm about to lose it. I know when I'm happy as hell. I know if I'm even a millimeter off course. I Like, of a feeling. I know myself very, very well. That's awesome. And that's pretty freaking cool. That's huge. But because I've been go, 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 my entire life, I needed this year, I needed to get COVID, I needed to fail a class, I needed all of it to slow down so that I can speed up. I took all the slowing down I did and took it into my last semester, which was FMP2, where I had 240 clinic hours. I was working 20 hours a week plus exams. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that went effortlessly. Yeah. And I think all the training that 2020 and the year before had to offer was me slowing down enough to know what I need to show up, to learn, to grow, to be present, and... 
I learned that mindfulness and presence is absolutely everything, and you can only achieve that if you slow the fuck down. Yeah. Do you... Do you think you're ending 2020 off stronger than you started it? As a stronger person? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, this question that I'm about to ask you, and we can end on this, because it's going to put you on the spot. And how you answer is how you get to move into 2021. Jesus Christ. Pray for me. And it's not for us. Okay. It's for the people that we love and care about so much it's for every listener it's for anybody who follows us on instagram and enjoys our content it's for anybody in the world even if it's just one person that we can impact what are your plans for mvm for 2021 how are you going to show up <laughs> how are you damn with him? <laughs> i'm laughing because i can see her ask me this question um, are you, is there more to the question? No. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> You're stalling. I'm trying to think. That's, yeah, that's stalling. Can you stalling. ask it again? I need to hear it. I forgot what I asked. Jesus. You said, what are your plans for MVM in 2021? What is it? What's the rest of it? How are you going to show up? Fully. Uh, I'm going to show up fully. And that... She's making a face, but that's, um, that, such a, it's such a major it's a, answer. No, it's, it's a, we just got done talking about how I did not show up fully. You're right. Uh, in April I showed up fully and I launched a course and then that was that, uh, fully for the whole year. And what I mean by that is this podcast is live again. We're not going to go another, we're not, we're not going to talk to you next December. Uh, we're going to put out episodes again. We went back and probably a month ago listened to some episodes. This podcast is good. Um, I'm not tooting our own horn, but this podcast is good. Uh, we said some things that intimidated us. Yeah, I was Meaning scared, I was intimidated scared of us. I was scared, not scared of myself. I was, you know, when you're in the room with somebody smart and they're talking about things that you're trying to learn and you're like, holy shit, how does this person understand? That That's how we felt listening to ourselves. Uh, and that's because we were just out of, we were disconnected. But we have reconnected, and we are committed to continuing to serve. Um, no more excuses around the content. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big uh, social kind of guy. I don't, you know, I was doing the self-made series. I forgot about that. I did the self-made series, um, but I don't really get on social too often. Um, so this podcast is my best means of, of teaching and, and of educating and putting content out that you can get that actionable tools, things that, like that. And we're going to dive deeper into insights and uh, downloads and breakthroughs, and we're not going to hold anything back. Like we have the MVM life model. We have the freedom formula. We have... We're going to share everything with um, you. We're going to share everything. We're not holding anything back. Um, and we'll see if we can, you know, you never know. Maybe we can get some of our... We can kind of trick some of our clients into doing a live coaching call and put it out as a podcast. I don't know. We're going to get creative with the podcast this year. Um, Everything you're saying right now is going to happen. That's why I put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, and we're going to, I think we're going to really double down on the podcast a lot, obviously. Uh, also, I think that it's, 
we want to listen more to what people want. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, we are here to help you live this one life fully. And that means that you cannot keep giving your power away. And we want to help you. You know, there's so many different ways. I was actually thinking about it this morning of how we can kind of package and say what we're aiming to do. But it's help you create the life you want instead of reacting to the life that you have. It's also helping you transcend the person you've learned to be, become more of the person you were meant to be. All these different things. Make limitations optional. Make limitations optional is kind of a punchline. Right? We really want to... Our mission is to make limitations optional. So limitations that you may have about yourself, who you are, what you're capable of, what's available to you in life, how others are, how they view you, what the world has to offer you, how the world works, about life, nature, and about... The big questions, existential questions like God and or the universe or whatever, right? We want to make limitations optional. And at the end of the day, we want to show up and we want to give everything we have. And so in 2020, the plans for MVM are to go all out, to go all in. Uh, and a big vehicle that we're going to use to do that is a podcast. And we're also working on some other things that... I don't know whether they're going to come together this year. I don't know what, but we're going to, so I don't really want to talk about them. But I can just promise you that cool things are coming. We're, we're not stopping. We're going to, we're, we're going to be more relentless, more uh, vigilant about how we show up and serve. And we're committed to serving because after having had a breakthrough, after a whole year of questioning why I'm qualified to lead, after having a breakthrough that says, well, the simple answer to that is because of my commitment to serve. I'm not going to let off of the gas. So we're here. We're going to serve. And we're going to force feed it to you that your whole life is in your hands. You're responsible. And you're also fully capable of becoming the person that you wish to be. Uh, characteristics, sadness, depression, happiness. Happiness, these things are not genetic. Um, anxiety is not genetic. It's a matter of circumstance, and you can change that. And you don't have to live your life from the outside in anymore. You can live from the inside out. People judge you no matter what you do, so screw them. Stop judging yourself. Uh, become one with yourself. Live a life of harmony. And, uh, yeah. Damn. Yep. So I'm excited for 2021. And my word, as I enter this new decade of my life, I turned 30 this year, is harmony. And so I think 2021 is a perfect way. Uh, After this year, I think harmony is something that we can all use. So I vow to lead by example. Freaking love it. I freaking love it. I'm excited. Any parting words? I just... Yeah, I always have parting words. I have so much passion for helping people understand that you're in control. Like, self-love and living your truth is probably, in my in my world, like the most important thing in the entire world. Knowing yourself on the level that even, like just understanding you and understanding how you work and doing what's best for you and showing up for you is the only way to live this life. Mm-hmm on a day-to-day. It's the only way to get through 
school or to get through a busy work week or a busy work month or a busy work season or having five children at home or a hard marriage or financial stress. It's the only way to show up or a business is by starting with you first. And that's why this podcast is called Me Versus Me. Because it sounds harsh. It sounds rough. It sounds scary. It sounds mean. But it's the fucking truth. Yeah. And who else would you want to compete with? Exactly. Like, that's it. But that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't know. I just... All right, we well, all heard it here first at this squeal. Um, 2020 was turbulent for all of us. I'm sure every one of you listening. Um, but we shared these stories to show you that they're not permanent. You're not a victim to anything that happened to you in 2020. It does not matter what happened. You're not a victim to it. You're not powerless. You don't have to just... Be a consumer. Don't be a consumer in your life. Be a producer. Um, don't just, you know, follow the wave. Be the wave. Right? Make the wave. And this is a call to anybody that feels like they've been wanting to say something like this for a while. That that wants to rebel against the way that life has been lived. And the person who does not want to necessarily go back to the way things were because they know that those ways were kind of broken and they want to create a new way of living. This is a call. Uh, Now's the time. And uh, Really fast. Yeah. Really fast before we end it. Um, What we offer, we have reincarnated as a course. Right. Uh, We have this podcast, which is free. Mm -hmm. And we have a coaching program that anybody who wants to dig deeper, I mean, our, our... Podcasts are freaking gold, and you could probably change your life by listening to them. Or messages we can make recommendations to. That, too. And we have lots of books that we've read and other podcasts that we listen to and other things that we use to grow. We're not stingy with information. We want... It doesn't... Like, I don't give a fuck about the money. I don't. Um, I think charging is a good way to hold the consumers accountable. That's why we charge. And we charge at a decent price because that's just how we do business. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, But we are never, never, ever, ever stingy with information. We will show you where to go. If you're not a fit for us or we're not a fit for you, we will provide you other mentors who might be a fit. Yeah, but if you're listening to this and you stuck around the whole podcast, your chances are you're a fit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You wouldn't have listened to us babble for this long if you weren't. Last thing. And then we have our coaching program too so if you want any information on any of that and if you want to just say hi or yash loves when i'm on my my phone and on instagram talking to people so please reach out to me i would love to chat with you and pauses the shows at the worst time and then just sits there and i hear indian music playing and we can always hop on a 30 minute call just to chat Mm -hmm. if you want at any point and that's it we love y'all a lot Adios, we will see y'all in 2021. Watch your mouth when I come around. I'ma shut it down. Got that sound that's gonna run the town. In and out the town. Ain't no way around it. Flows astounding. And I got that bounce. Pound for pound. Hardest out. Hardest out.